Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host this afternoon. My brother is alongside me today. I really screwed that up. I don't usually say it that way, but I just saw you and I couldn't stop thinking about you, Alex. Alongside me today is my brother, Alex. Alex, how you doing? I'm doing great. I know you can't resist this handsome face. I understand. And in case you guys are not watching, alongside of me is my brother, Ed Montana, at emontana21 on Twitter, damn it. What's up, people? What's up, Ed? Hey, man, nothing much. Hey, look, you know, we've been complaining about COVID for a long time, right? Since the middle of March. I finally found a positive about COVID. I found a positive in 2020. You want to hear it? Let's, Let's hear it. Dude, with these condensed schedules and sports coming back, if you're a true sports junkie like me, it's almost 24-7, right? Sports start at 11 in the morning because they start at noon on the East Coast. So for me, they start at 11 in the morning. They go till midnight every night. I am getting bombarded with baseball games, basketball games, hockey games. You know, of course, I partake of some soccer from Europe. I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven. I'm working in my office with the TV in the background, constantly have a game on as opposed to reruns of Friends. <laughs> I, I think that this is the moment we've been waiting for, right? This is the moment we've been waiting for, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, we, we, can, we can put away the old VHS uh, cassette tapes, right? We don't have to watch 1974 World Series. Uh, that was a good one. I, it, I don't know. I can't. I don't know who played. Probably the Yankees, right? No, the Yankees the and the Dodgers. Seventy-four, I think, was the Red Sox and the Reds. Okay, well, I think that was a Carlton Fisk, uh, Carlton Fisk waving the home run thing. Well, that's the advantage of uh, age that you have on me. But um, you know, this is. I mean, this is the moment we've been waiting for: baseball, basketball, hockey. I didn't realize hockey is going on till like eleven. 11.30 at night, is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all yeah. day. Yeah, I, I'm not watching any hockey, but I, I didn't realize that part. So it's really it's really 12 hours of, of, of nonstop sports. So it's, it's been fucking awesome for me. Uh, I, I think it's awesome that, you know, the NBA has the feel of March Madness because the games are starting at noon. Yeah. Even during the week, the games are starting – really early so it's really has that that march madness feel the fact that it's only eight games the games so far have been pretty competitive which is what you get in march madness yeah and i don't know if that's what the nba was going for but if they were going for something like that they i think they've succeeded in like the first four days of basketball so that's been pretty exciting it's been great it's been good stuff um just to go back 1974 was actually the oakland a's defeating the Los Angeles Dodgers 4-1 to in the World Series. The World Series I was referring to was 1975. So I was oh, a year. You were close. You were close. I was close. Yeah, it has been fantastic. It's, you know, baseball, obviously, it's kind of in regular season mode. So we're getting bombarded with a lot of games. And just by the nature of the way baseball is, right, where you could have a number four starter going up against a number five starter on another team, two guys that you don't really know. You know, you can have games that feel kind of meaningless. But with basketball and hockey, because of the condensed nature of things, because they're really coming down the home stretch, even though they're restart, you know, they're starting, 
it feels like they're immediately in late season mode, playoff push mode, which has made it a lot of fun. The games have been very good in hockey, especially uh, it's been hard to pick them, right? Like uh, for guys that like to gamble, the favorites don't always win. And in hockey, it's been that way forever, but especially this time, it it seems very, uh, very up in the air. It's a flip of the coin. Who's going to win what game? Um, but it's, you know, it's a lot of fun to watch and they're doing, they're straight into series. So it's all series. They don't, they're not doing, they're not playing out the, the last little bit of their regular season. They went straight into playoff series uh, for seeding and, and whatnot. And so it's, it's good stuff from the jump. Uh, now, unfortunately with baseball, baseball is in a little bit of trouble. We could be in some jeopardy here. Uh, with baseball. So last week when we did this episode, we talked about the outbreak on the Marlins. It ended up being a total of, I think it was 21 total positive tests between players and staff. Most of those were players. Um, So it didn't look good. And then, you know, obviously the Phillies, because they played uh, in Philadelphia against the Phillies, they also got kind of put on the shelf for the week. And then Towards the end of the week, we found out that there was a small outbreak, a smaller outbreak with the um, with the St. Louis Cardinals, which caused them to suspend the series uh, with them and the Brewers this weekend. Are we going to make it through 60 games? Are we going to make it through 66 days of, of this Major League Baseball season, Alice? What do you think? I, I think? I think we are. Now I think we are. Now that this happened, um, it's it's obvious the Marlins were not following protocol. Look, I'm going to say this real quick. I, I, I'm, I've been a big fan of bashing Mr. Rob Manford, and I probably will always side against him. But to his defense, if if Rob Manford has to put something in black and white for these players, for these adults – for these coaches, for these managers to follow and realize what's going on. I mean, you want to play baseball or not. If not, you opt out. If you want to play baseball, then you just, then at this point, being a professional, anything, an adult, you already know what you have to do. Just stay your ass in and, you know, just follow, follow the rules that everyone else has. Okay, like I don't, I don't feel like Rob Manfred needs to put this in in black and white. Well, here's the of thing: what you need to do and not, not and not to do. Here's the thing, Alex. He has put it in black and white. The players and the teams and 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 ownership came up with a hundred and thirteen page operations manual for this season. The uh, to to go over all of the things that were going to be different and all the things that they needed to do differently. Surely at some point in there, it said, wear your mask and practice social distancing even when you're not at the ballpark. For crying out loud, my, from my understanding, from the little bit I've heard here and there is, the Marlins treated their road trip to Philadelphia just like a road trip to Philadelphia in 2019. They went out. They had a good time. You know, they think some of these, some of these cats think that just because they're playing baseball, everything's back to normal. No, it's not. Case in point, Look in the stands. There's nobody out there. There's a reason for right. that. These are not normal times. You can't behave the way you behaved in 2019. Now, the Marlins are a very young team. Yes. Do you blame 
you blame Derek Jeter and Don Mattingly, right? Don Mattingly being the manager, do you would you place the blame on him a little more than the players, or is it is it just equal both ways? Ultimately, I put the responsibility on the players because they're the ones that have a job. They're the ones that have been given this 113-page operations manual. They're the ones, it's their livelihood, right? I mean, sure, it, it, it affects Mattingly and, and Jeter and management. But at the end of the day, we got to take accountability for ourselves. And I just don't understand. I, I do understand. I understand why it happened. I just don't understand how they couldn't control themselves, especially when we're talking about a week into the season. I can understand it if it's now mid-September and you're, you know, 15 games out and you're like, well, I don't, you know, I'm tired of this shit. We suck. We're not going to make the playoffs. I'm going to go out and party a little bit. But it was the first freaking weekend of the year. Yeah. I mean, it's just, to me, it's just unconscionable. And you know what? I hate to say this, right? Because I don't want, I don't, this is obviously not a political podcast, but this is part of the problem in our country is we don't have enough love and care for our fellow man in this country. So what these guys did and what a lot of people are doing is, hey, look, I don't give a shit. Don't tell me to wear a mask because I don't have to wear a mask. But, it, you know, <clears throat> I'm not going to I'm going to do what I want to do. Look, man, these are unprecedented times. Take care of yourselves and take care of the people around you. Be conscious enough to understand that your actions will have a trickle-down effect to a lot of people, be it financially, uh, economically, or health-wise, right? Yeah. I mean, you mean to tell me that these guys that, that on the Marlins, yeah, they're young. You mean to tell me that they don't have any people who are higher health risk in their lives? They don't have anyone in their family with diabetes. They don't have anyone in their in their in their family with you know uh, immune deficiency disorders. They don't have any elderly people in their family. I mean, it's it's we're talking about common sense here. So no, I don't blame Jeter and I don't blame Mattingly. These guys have heard. Look, this COVID thing is not new. It's been around for a bit now. We've been talking about it for four months. They know how, they know what the dangers are. They come from yeah. fucking Florida. They've had a whole shit ton of problems down there. Yeah. Figure it out, bro. Figure it out. Yeah. Um, to your original question, though, yeah. Now I, I now I, I feel comfortable saying for some odd reason that, yeah, this baseball season is going to finish out. I yeah, think I think, um, you know, there are some dicey situations with it, right? Um, <clears throat> it's possible – you know, I'm looking at the standings right now, and in the NL East, for example, you've got the Braves at seven and three in first place, and only a game and a half behind are the Marlins at two and one. <laughs> so, so you know, it, it's it it looks strange. Uh, I wonder if a second outbreak on the same team, i.e., the Marlins, right? At some point, I think those teams may find themselves shut down, for lack of a better word. And then what do you do with the games in which they were involved, right? Do you give everybody a win in those games, including the Phillies 
the, the, the series that they lost, right? Do you give the Phillies – do you put them at 3-0? and Ah, uh, ugh, right? That, like, and that, that's the scary part. It's that's not the it's not a scary part for me. It's Seriously. more of a it's more of a you, if if that happens if they if the if the Marlins catch a second outbreak or the Cardinals do and they have to you know delete them from the rest of the of the season uh, then you you I mean you place a big black bold asterisk behind next to this season because it's it's just not. Yeah, honestly, if that if that happens, I I don't know that I'll care as much because I don't like the idea of giving the rest of their schedule the other teams an automatic win. I don't know what the fix would be to to I, I don't know. I, I but you might as well place an asterisk next to the season and yeah, and I guess I guess you can't really give them wins, <clears throat> but if you take them. If you take them off of their schedule, right, then you're going to have teams in the NL East and the AL East play less games than the than the teams in the Central and West, and then you're looking at wild card implications. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You might you might as well place an asterisk. <clears throat> okay. No. Here's here's a solution. Right. As as always, you have a problem. I have a solution. Right? What is it? Here's my solution. Hit me up, MLB, at emontana21. Email the show, positivesports10 at gmail.com. Positivesports10 at gmail.com. Hit me up. If there's another outbreak on the Marlins, you take the entire roster and turn it over. There are 25 minor leaguers out there that would happily jump on a plane and go to Miami for the next two months and play baseball. And look, they're going to be minor leaguers. And if they end up going 5-55, and 55, so be it. So be it, right? It'd be the same thing as if those sick Marlins had played, right? They would probably go 5-55 and 55 too because they'd be running a fever. They'd be... Look, what do you do when you get ravaged by injuries and have to put a bunch of guys on the IL? You, you call guys up from the minors. Do that to the Marlins. The only thing do stopping not rain, do not rain on my solution. Uh, no, I mean, I, look, I have to present all the ideas. Okay, tell me. You have to, you have to, look, your only job on this podcast is to say, Ed, that's a great solution. MLB, hit him up. <laughs> well, that's a great. That is a great solution. I agree. But there's always a but. I have to be the one to, you know. Look, we're not in a strip joint. We're not at a strip joint. There doesn't have to be a butt. <laughs> no, I think that's a good idea, and I think that's that would be awesome for the minor leaguers. The only thing is, you know, then you have to like those guys have to quarantine for like fourteen days or ten days or whatever, right? Like Ooh. if they go the minor leaguers, right? Why? Because they're all scattered. <clears throat> oh, that's that's protocol, right? Like especially in Florida, right? If they're gonna go to Florida. Then I'm I'm assuming they have to quarantine for a while, ten days, seven days. So, I mean, it, it could work. It could work. Maybe maybe they maybe maybe they get ahead of the plan, and and say, hey, 
grab 26 minor leaguers ahead of time, pay them a per diem just for going at least, right? But that way they on, get paid. Hold on. hold on. Don't they already have a player pool? My understanding yeah, those, is that they had a player pool that they could draw from. Right, but those players might be sitting at their homes in Nebraska and Wisconsin and all that, no? So that's what I'm saying. They would have to travel know. to, to – That's like, the part I don't know. But if, yeah. but if they're all – like if, 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 the, if the player pools are staying at home in – like so, for example, the Marlins, right? <clears throat> They had their 30-man roster go up to Philadelphia to play. Their player pool of another 20 guys or however many it is stays in Miami and is acting like they're getting ready to play, right? They practice. They stay, you know, they don't go to the beach and do all that crazy stuff. Maybe? I, I mean, it, it could work. I mean, but I don't know, man. I just – I hope – I really hope it doesn't come down to that because – the season already feels kind of fluky, weird, even though not really. But and if they do that, I'm not gonna like that at all, man. That's gonna be <clears throat> gonna be whack. It is the weirdest of weird seasons, isn't it? We had our first seven inning doubleheader yesterday between the Reds and the Tigers. Oh man, I missed that. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, that was the awesome. first series to go seven innings. Double headers. Look, I think the seven inning double header is pretty cool. I, you know, it, it's again, it's not fair exactly, right? If your if your bullpen sucks, that's two less innings that you know that you got to get them out there. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If you're the Nationals and Scherzer's on the mound for one of those games. Man, you got that game pretty much locked up, right? right? Garrett Cole, you got that game locked up. Jacob DeGrom, you got that game locked up. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, all you got to do is go out and score a couple runs. Well, that, that's a problem when DeGrom's on the mound. <laughs> that, that is a problem. But, but you get my point, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it drastically changes the game from a competitive standpoint. I mean, think about how much better the Nationals would be if all the games were – if they just played seven-inning doubleheaders because their yeah. is trash, right? Right. So it's just – it's all kinds of weird. There's nothing normal about this season other than the actual, you know, balls and she's still four balls as a walk, three strikes as a strikeout. I mean, those are the only normal. Yeah. Everything else is just kind of really, really oddballish. I hope <clears throat> that we don't have any more outbreaks. How's that for being Captain Obvious? Um, I, I, I don't think we, I don't I don't think we will. I think I think players are I think players are starting to realize that, or seeing what seeing what is done to the Marlins and the Phillies. You know, I I think they're like, man, this sucks. We can't do that. We we got we just got to buckle down and worry about baseball. Now I do think we'll have uh, players opt out along the way, kind of like how Lorenzo Cain opted out over the weekend. Uh, and how Yoannis Cespedes opted out opted out over the weekend. Yeah, he, he he probably realized what team he's playing on in 2020, and he probably just wanted to opt out of that. Um, <clears throat> really but, strange situation for him, right? Because he's in a 
he's in a walk year, right? So he's a free agent at the end of the year. And he's been injured for the most part for the last two seasons. So you would have thought, I mean, he already came, you know, he already started the season. You would have thought he wanted to, would want to, you know, do something to get that next contract, show off, so to speak. In a 60 that's game, the problem. In a 60 well, that's game the pro- In a 60 game season, that's I mean that's ideal, right? All you got to do is get hot for a little while and you could really have some gaudy numbers and say, "Look, this is the this is the this is the Yoannis you're going to get." Um and apparently he wasn't giving any indication that he was concerned about COVID or anything like that. So the whole situation with him is kind of strange. Well, the only thing he was showing off through eight, nine games that he's played was a 180 batting average. So he wasn't really doing jack shit. But um, I, obviously money's not wasn't the issue because he's walking away with 600000 as opposed to $6 million, right? That's a big difference. So money's not an issue there. Maybe he has something personal going on or, you know, or he just – didn't feel like didn't feel like playing and I won't be surprised if that was the case he just didn't feel like playing um I, I think he, a- he, I think I think he proved that he's healthy and he's better suited for a well I guess it won't matter if the DH continues next year internationally right but he's he's better suited for a DH position right so um I think he still gets a contract I, not a big contract, but I think he could still get like a two-year, twelve million contract. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I still I feel like he's hurt his he hurt his bargaining power. A the way it happened, mm-hmm. and the, I think the Mets kind of I think the Mets kind of sold him down the river, right? Because oh yeah, it's kind of strange that they would put out the statement that they put out without having talked to his agent, like. I understand he didn't show up and he didn't call, but it, surely the first thing you do is you try to hunt him down, right? Figure out what the hell's going on. And part of that process would be calling his agent or his manager or his family, right? In case, you know, call the person on his job application that he put down for in case of emergency. I mean, right. yeah. just put out a statement that, yeah, you know, he didn't show. He didn't call. We don't know where he is. What? That's kind of strange. Yeah, well, you know, it's the Mets, and they're not ran very well. So uh, that part doesn't surprise me, and I really wouldn't be surprised if, you know, I'm not surprised that the Mets kind of, you know, sold him out like that because, yeah, it, you know. It's really it's kind just, of uh, – it feels like they did it on purpose. I don't – I don't yeah. – that doesn't feel like one of those things where – oh, you know, we're just not run well and we don't know what to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? That feels like that feels like they did it on purpose. Well, that's what I mean by they're not ran well. It's just not a ran well organization. From ownership to general manager, it's just not – it's not a professional organization. You know what I mean? So it does, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't surprise me that, that they did that. They need to overhaul that, that whole thing. They need to overhaul the whole thing. Man, wouldn't it suck? Aaron Judge has hit what five home runs in six games? Uh, six six home the, runs in six home runs in the last five games. And the Yankees are what, like seven and one, six and one? 
So, that would suck if they would end the season, right? If they would have to just call the season off after starting like that. <laughs> I would laugh at the Yankees and at Aaron Judge, but that would suck. Dude, that, that ball he hit last night, the second one in the eighth inning to put him ahead, I mean, he absolutely crushed that thing. Four hundred. You know, a lot of times when they give you the the number of feet, I think it's bullshit. I think they put whatever number they want, really. But when they said four sixty eight for that one last night, I believe them. It was far. Yeah, he looks to be healthy. Uh, he's fucking crushing baseballs. Yeah, he's. A- I would definitely uh, test him. He, he needs to be tested today. Before today's game versus the Phillies, test his ass. For COVID or for steroids? Steroids, come on. COVID doesn't make you do that shit. COVID makes you hit like the Mets are, okay? (laughs) Hey, maybe the Mets have COVID. Maybe. How many runs did they score this weekend? Two? Some shit like that. They can't, yeah, they they just, they can't hit with runners in uh, scoring position. I know, I saw a stat. They were 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position, and it was the third or fourth inning. Yeah, it's they've they've ended games like one for fifteen, one for ten. Uh, they left the same number of runners on base as they had hits in a game that they lost against the Red Sox, which was fifteen. Oh my! They had fifteen hits, left fifteen runners on base. They lost the game. <clears throat> so yeah, well, that's what happens. They'll do it in. Yeah. Good grief! That's amazing. Yeah, they you got know, the one team run. that's been a surprise so far has been the Padres. They're fucking scoring runs, and, I mean, they're just, you know, an yeah, exciting young baseball team. They are. They're hitting the crap out of the ball. They're doing it mostly um, mostly with the sticks. Yeah. Now, they cooled off a little bit over the weekend. They started all hot, but then again, they you know, they got to play the Giants to start. So they cooled off a little bit, but they, they look good. You know that that NL West actually looks like fun. Colorado six and two, the Dodgers are seven and three, the Padres are six and four. Heck, even the Giants are right there at five and five. But, See, and we thought it was going to be a boring division. Yeah, yeah, isn't that something? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I thought that was a waste of time, to be honest. Um. What else from the first full week of baseball? Oh, <clears throat> we had a rematch of the 2017 World Series, mm. and things got dicey. Now, here's the thing. We've seen the Instagram videos from Joe Kelly, right? He broke a window. He, remember he was throwing that Instagram video of him throwing into that huge net, and he missed it and broke a window in his house? The guy yeah. obviously has control issues. Right. I don't understand why everyone's getting all excited about him throwing a couple of balls at someone's head. They got away from him. It happens. Yeah, especially when they're curveballs, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, I think the Astros made a little bit more of it than than was really there. And Joe Kelly, for his part, he didn't help by, you know, John at Correa after he struck him out. Correa had the best comment to him. He's like, why don't you try throwing a fucking fastball? (laughs) 
I would have been like, well, don't swing at the fucking dirty curveball. Yeah, don't swing at the dirty curveball. I mean, look, yeah, I think I think the Astros blew it up a little, uh, you know, kind of made a big deal out of it. But look, look, but I also think that Joe Kelly is Joe Kelly. And if we look at his track record when he's played against the Yankees, Look, he he knows he knows what he's doing out there, okay? Right. I mean, it's not it's not just one pitch that got away. It's a few that got away. Not only to Correa, but to Guriel. So Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got a problem with the one to Guriel. Because the No, one- no, but hold on. No, no, no. But my point is that it's not just one pitch that almost hit an Astros batter. Whether it got away or not, it's it wasn't just one pitch. It was like three pitches. So right. You know, Joe and again, again, Joe Kelly has a, you know, has a record of you know, being that kind of guy. Okay, like I mean, we know what what kind of rivalry the Red Sox and Yankees had, and he damn well knows what he was doing on that mound against the Yankees that one yeah. time. So you know, here, hold hold on, this is where I have a problem. You just mentioned the Guriel pitch, and that to me. That comment is Astros narrative because that pitch to Guriel wasn't even close. And it, it was a curveball. It broke perfectly. I mean, and Guriel acted like it was at his head, and it wasn't. First of all, it was never that high. Second of all, it was never that far inside. So th- that's why I say I think a lot of this is Astros narrative. You know what I mean? Um, yes, Joe Kelly is Joe Kelly, and, and I'm sure, you know, he, he's, he's a bit of a badass or whatnot, you know, with the funky glasses. But I think most of this is Astro's narrative. And I don't completely blame him for it because I don't think that they were putting it out there just because of Joe Kelly. I think they were putting it out there for Joe Kelly, for the Yankees, for the Red Sox for the Indians, for everyone that they're going to face this year, that's why they put it out there because they, they want to, they want to temper everyone else or they want to put MLB on notice that, Hey, watch these guys. They're all trying to hit us. You know what I mean? I think that's what the Astros are trying to do, which I look, they're playing the system, right? I don't, I don't, I don't fault them for it, but I'm also not going to be foolish enough to believe it. Yeah, I mean, we had to know that this was coming. It's going to happen maybe again this year, maybe not because of the teams they play. But next year, certainly, uh, like I said plenty of times, teams are not going to forget. Um, and and baseball didn't really help the situation either by suspending him for eight games and then David Roberts. I think that's just Major League Baseball wanting to minimize damage for the rest of the season. Like, even if they deem that it's not intentional, they still want to make that statement. And, you know, they they granted uh, the Astros some leniency throughout this whole cheating scandal shit. So they're protecting the Astros even more. Did you notice that Dusty Baker got fined? I think he actually, Dusty Baker got fined in the whole thing. And I think he got fined because he went out to argue with the umpires, right? So the whole skirmish happens at the end of that inning. I think it was the seventh inning. That whole skirmish happens. And, you know, both, both benches come out and blah, blah, blah. And the umpires, you know, issue the warning to both sides and they say, knock it off. 
And Dusty Baker gets pissed, right? He's like, well, wait a minute. You know, you're issuing a warning, and now you're putting my pitchers behind the eight ball. And, and their pitcher already threw at our guy twice, right? And so he comes out, and he starts arguing with them. No mask. <clears throat> so I think that's why MLB fined him. Is that what – did they even say why? No, they didn't say why, but I think that's it. Why else – I mean – he didn't. He didn't get thrown out. He didn't argue. It's not like he was kicking dirt on home plate and all that other shit. I mean, he, he just came out and argued a little bit, and that was the end of that. Huh. Let's see if I can find it here. Why? Why they suspended Mr. Uh, Baker? No, they didn't suspend him. They fined him. I mean, find him. Find him. I'm sorry. Huh. Well. And and here's the other thing. I think they got to cut it out with this stupid warning thing. Either you issue the warning before the game starts or you don't issue it at all and you just start tossing people left and right. Well, because I think if you if you uh issue a warning before the game, then any pitch that gets away, then you have no choice but to suspend to throw the guy out. And I don't think that's, that's fair, especially if yeah. That's fine though, but but then both but then both sides are are on a level playing field, right? They they haven't hit anybody, right? They both have they both run the same risk pitching inside, right? But when you do it the way they did it in that Dodgers Astros game, the Astros are like, well, what the fuck? I you know we took two bean balls, they missed, but we took two balls thrown at us. And now you issue the warning, we can't retaliate. And it, I, so I say either issue the warning before the game or don't issue the warning at all. And then when the second guy throws, if you want to toss him, you toss him. But, I mean, you can't <clears> – <throat> I just – it takes – all you're doing by doing that is encouraging the Astros to throw at the Dodgers – on the first pitch the next game. That's all you're doing. Yeah. That's all you're doing they're, because they're not going to forget. So either you let them police themselves and throw these inside pitches and whatnot. Because, look, if, if – you know how it is. The clubhouse will police itself. If Bellinger and Turner and, and Seeger and all those guys are like, look, the Astros are going to hit us, so just cut it out. Let's just play. Let's just beat them. How about we get back? How about we get even that way? Then it'll take care of itself, right? So otherwise, all, all they're doing by issuing warnings like that in the middle of the game is they're ensuring that the Astros will do it at some point down the line. And quite if frankly, I was teams? If, quite frankly, if I'm the Astros, I throw the first bean ball. Mm-hmm. If if I'm if I'm teams playing the uh, Astros, I don't even beat them. What I do is uh, you got to run on first, and there's a ground ball, and they go to second base. You slide fucking hard, <laughs> especially if it's Carrera, the recipient of that ground ball, right, or the throw from the ground ball. Just slide hard. You're not gonna get thrown out. You're just gonna get called out probably, and right. maybe fine, but you won't get suspended. I don't think. No, and it's. Or you could just pull a fucking Albert Bell, what Albert Bell did to Fernando Vina that one season in that one game. Remember when uh, 
Bell's running from first to second, and he just fucking elbows Fernando Vina. Got away with murder. Yeah, look, I think, um, and obviously it's different now because the season is is as weird as it is. But I think in a regular season, if if you go out there and no gimmies for the Astros, you play them hard on every ground ball, you play them hard all the time, that stuff starts to wear on a team. And I think that would be the more appropriate punishment, so to speak. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I guess – I'm sorry, go ahead. I guess, I, I guess since uh, Baker came within six feet of the umpire and left his position to argue, that's why he got fined, according to the, the manual. mask. Well, I'm, well, it doesn't say anything about it, no mask, but I'm sure that has something to do with it, too. Right, because the guy from the Pirates didn't get any fine, and he came closer than six feet, but he had a mask on. Uh. Did he put his mask on before he went out to argue? Personally, I think the umpire should also get fined because the umpire didn't put on his mask like the umpire did in the uh, Pittsburgh fiasco. Huh. So, well. just one man's opinion. Uh, moving on, <clears throat> the NBA is back. And look, hats off to the NBA. They're doing things right. The bubble is working, aside from the one idiot that decided he had to go have chicken wings at the strip joint, which I still is still one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard of. Um, but the bubble is working. Uh, no positive tests. They, you know, they started up their season here uh, late last week, uh, went through the weekend. The games have been fantastic. The fact that there's only eight games to get you into the playoffs, you know, has everybody kind of really ramped up and whatnot this is fun i like it this is great what do you think oh yeah i'm all for it especially because it's competitive basketball when i'm watching the fucking knicks play against the milwaukee bucks and watch the bucks win by 30 points and Giannis score 50 points so we got you know everybody is a playoff team here right or on the verge of making the playoffs so we're getting good competitive basketball I think it's really good for the sport of basketball because you know it tends to to kind of water down uh through points of the season so this is this is a good this is a good momentum for the NBA going into the actual playoff series right once, once the the playoffs start, I think this is really good. This is kind of like this is a this is a thirty dollar appetizer at you know some fancy steakhouse. Seriously, this is this is the good stuff here. So it's it's great. I just want to see some quality basketball. You know what I mean? And I think and I think that there's some you know the seeding matters but it doesn't matter as much because there's no home court advantage it's just matchups and how you look at them and if you look at the east i mean you got you know from from the 3 to the 6 seed there could be some changes there you know they they can those can easily flip flop i don't think they they will that flip flop that much but they can and so you know those those teams with you know how those teams play matters and how they finish the season matters you know so um, I've been loving it so far good stuff yeah it's been great the one thing that I have not it's not that I don't like it it's just that I kind of don't understand it we've had four months to figure out what uniforms to wear 
And somehow, no one in the Milwaukee Bucks organization has figured out that Cream City is not a good look right now <laughs> for a multitude of reasons. Here's my question, Alex. When you think of Milwaukee, do you think of cream? I personally would have went with like cheese city, maybe. <laughs> Beer city? I mean, uh, brew city. <laughs> yeah, brewskis. I don't understand it. And look, you know, in today's climate, you got Black Lives Matter on the floor on the floor of the uh, of the arena, and you've got a team with a t-shirt with a jersey that has Cream City on it. That doesn't sound right. And then on top of that, what is your biggest demographic watching basketball? Males, twenty-five to forty-five. Cream City ain't going to have the same connotation. It ain't going to sound right to them. I mean, it's just – I think it's just terrible. I don't understand it. I don't know – I've never thought of Milwaukee as the Cream City. I've always thought about it in terms of cheese and beer. I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't get that either. And they probably shouldn't wear those jerseys anymore, being the fact that they lost to the Rockets. So that jersey is not working for them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the Rockets are the, the Rockets are the Rockets are an interesting case all the way around. I mean, I don't I don't know what we're going to get from them. I don't think they're good enough to go very far in the playoffs, but I do think they're good enough to make it extremely difficult for anyone that they play. Bucks, Lakers, Clippers, I don't care who it is. I don't I, I don't see them making the finals. But, man, are they going to be a pain in the ass for anyone. Right now, they're the four seed right now. They would play the Jazz, which total pain in the ass for the Jazz. Uh, Then, you know, being the four seed, they would play the one seed, which would be the Lakers. Total pain in the ass for the Lakers. I mean, it's – it's no one wants to play those guys. Yeah, I wouldn't want to play them either. Um... But I think they're going to be a tough out. They, they, I mean, they, they're going to be a tough out. Um, they, but the issue with them is going to be height and shooting 63s a game. I mean, that's that's. I don't think that's going to win them. Surprisingly, their defense has gotten a lot better. Harden's defense has gotten a lot better. But I don't. I don't see. You know, the height issue is going to be big because you saw last night. Brooke Lopez was going off last night. Yeah. And so that's going to be an issue when he's got when they got to play, you know, teams like uh, Denver, who's got Jokic, or even even Utah, because Utah's got Gobert, you right. know, or if they got to play the Lakers, they got to play Anthony Davis. So height is going to be an issue for them. And if if they go cold from three point land, you know, that's just that's a recipe for disaster. Did you see? Uh, did you see Denver at one point had a lineup out there with no one under six ten on the floor? Jokic was the point guard. Wow. That's a lot of height. Yeah, that's a lot of and see that that that'd be a problem for the Jazz. I mean for the uh for the Rockets, I think. Yeah, on defense, but then on offense, you gotta chase those guys around. That's yeah, tough for those true. big guys. Um is so when we started this, when we started this thing, the Nets were the eight seed. 
the Nets are the magic. I think the magic were actually the eight seed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they're both still in. The only one who's got a chance to catch them are the Wizards, and they're seven games back. Uh, do they have a chance? They have a chance because they're going to have to play the number eight seed for that playing game. So the way I see it is the the Nets and the Nets are going to be the eight seed. I think Orlando's a, a, a very overlooked team here. They have a really easy schedule to start off. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, three of their four games were pretty easy. They've already won two of them. So I think they stay the seven seed. Uh, the Nets are going to have to play the Washington Wizards again for that playing game. Oof. Which I think they can beat again. I don't think they should. They shouldn't really have a problem. They struggled yesterday versus the Wizards. I don't think they should have a problem beating the Wizards. Okay, uh, that's the playing game there in the West. Uh, the again, Memphis is going to be in that playing game. Well, Memphis is the eight seed right now. Then you got San Antonio, Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, Phoenix. Phoenix is only four games out. So, I mean, they, granted, they're going to need a miracle to get all the way up to that nine spot. They're, well, not really. They're only two games out, two games behind the Spurs for that last spot for the playing yeah. game. So, everyone's got a piece of it. I think the Grizzlies hold on. Um, which one of those teams behind them is going to, uh, is going to uh, be in that playing game? I mean – it should be the Trailblazers because I think they have a pretty decent team. Yeah. Uh, they got Nurkic back from injury. They got Melo slimmed down. He had a game-winning shot, right, the first day of basketball. Uh, they got Lillard. They got McCullum. I mean, I don't know how yesterday they, they're playing the Celtics and they got those three guys on the floor and they don't draw up a play for one of them to, you know, get the ball and tie the game with the three. Yeah, that part I didn't understand. So, I mean, looking at it, I think Portland should be in that playing game. I agree with you. I think it will be Portland. Um, the Pelicans are good, but with the, with this minutes restriction on Zion, they're not going to be good enough. What do yeah. you? Think? I don't understand why they're doing the minutes restrictions unless he, they think he's out of shape from the from the layoff from COVID. It could be. It could very well be. But I mean that, that that's kind of that's kind of weird all the way around, right? <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what the deal is with them. But I mean, even even if they would, I mean, they they're not going anywhere. Even if they made the the playoffs, they'll be out in the fucking first round. Yeah, no, they're they're a, they're a team of the future. If anything, they're not. You know, they're not. They're not ready for. They're not ready to make a serious run. They're, they're not, you know, they're just trying to make the playoffs and get good experience, I think, at this point. Do you think the NBA at some point shortens the season going uh, forward? The current season? No, the, the going forward, like next season. You think? Yeah, I think there's a chance they'll cut some games out of that schedule because it's, it's, it's going to be either a really compressed offseason for these guys that are playing in the bubble or – it's going to be really long, you know, because they're going to start around Christmas, right? Which means they're going to go until July next year. And I don't think they want to do that. 
I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't think they, they want to go that route. I almost think they should figure out a way to like, if they, if they cut the season, right. Because they play 82 games now, mm-hmm. let's say they cut the season to 60 games or something like that. <clears throat> 65 games. Wouldn't it be a good idea maybe to have the teams that are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs do like a, a tournament for them, for the bad teams, right? For the, the teams that are eliminated for that number one seed so that the games matter and they're still playing competitive basketball. And then you can, and then you can start with the playoff teams and maybe reseed, right? Have, have, so maybe do like a 72 game season. And then the next 10 games are for like reseeding purposes with the teams that are, on the verge of making the playoffs and then the teams that are eliminated, you do like a tournament for them and they, ha- and they battle it out for the draft positions. So hold on. So let, let me see if I, let me see if I, if I hear you right, do a 72 game season, top eight in each conference, go to the playoffs. Right. Then the remaining, how many teams is it? One, two, seven. three, four, five, six, seven. So the remaining 14 teams, play in a tournament style, which yeah. will work out to about 10 games, right? Right. Best of three series, right? And the winner gets the number one pick. The loser of that tournament gets the two seed. Right. And then, and then the three and the four you do based on record. Uh, five through eight you do based off of record. And then um, – whatever the other one is so yeah nine through 14 you do based on record i like it i like that idea because then you keep you keep this you keep it competitive throughout you know most of the season or towards the end of the season right right and think about it now a team that just missed the playoffs could get the number one seed so a team that just missed the playoffs instead of relying on the lottery for fuck's sake Ping pong balls. It's in their own hands to go out and try to get. So those guys, think about how cool that would be, though, right? Like, go back to 1985 or whatever when Ewing was the number one pick, right? Though the Knicks, in your scenario, the Knicks would have played those last 10 games trying to win that tournament, knowing very well that one of their guys is going to get replaced. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then you could have some sabotage going on. You know, you could make it – it could become like a docudrama. <laughs> That's right. We're all for the drama. No, I like that. I like your idea, though. I like that. I mean, I've always thought the whole – the whole tanking is obviously terrible. Yes. And the whole lottery thing, you got you get lucky to get the number one pick. That seems kind of dumb to me. And sure, well, and I- it's weighted for the teams that, that suck more, but – by doing that, essentially, you've you've you're still encouraging them to suck, right? So the the, the whole tanking thing still applies. I like it, and it, it'll, it'll be competitive basketball for the you know the worst teams in in the league, and then you know teams get to see what they really have, right? They're pl- they're actually playing for something. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. I mean, at NBA, hit us up. Where do they hit you up for this great idea, Alex? Oh, on Twitter at Brooklyn Gaucho One. 
or they can email the show, positivesports10 at gmail.com, positivesports10 at gmail.com. MLB, I had a great idea earlier in the show. If you want to hear it, hit me up on Twitter as well, emontana21. You got anything else, buddy? Uh, I guess uh, we'll wrap this one up. It's time. Time to wrap up another one. Hey, um, I know you watched the Formula One race yesterday, right? Yes. Okay. Lewis Hamilton is my new favorite driver because we've seen what I do to tires sometimes. <laughs> that man won on a flat yesterday. <laughs> that was fucking amazing. That They should play that race over and over again because the last five laps of that race were fantastic. Dude, yeah, that was a pretty flat. That was a pretty crazy ending to that race. Yeah, I liked <laughs> it. I really enjoyed it. And I, it kind of reminded me of me. You've seen what I've yeah, you should, before. You should retweet your picture of the uh, of the tire, <laughs> which in, you were riding on for like months and months. Oh, no, I wasn't. Just the last week. Because if it was that bad for months and months, I'd be dead. <clears throat> yeah, you know, like, I mean, I was impressed, Lewis, but been there, done that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, my man. Uh, a pleasure doing another episode of the Positive Sports Podcast with you. As always, folks, you can catch us on YouTube if you want to see our smiling faces, or you can listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, whatever podcast platform you choose to use. As always, we appreciate your subscription to our channel, your likes, your comments, we love it all. Huh? Subscriptions. Subscriptions. <laughs> Hit the subscribe button, damn it. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> That's what I really want. Um, <laughs> as always, folks, ignore the negativity. Be the positivity. Peace.